Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay. I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. So great to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, We're excited to be back. We are, it's nighttime on a Thursday. We've been out at the cabin, uh, spending a couple of days. And so, you know, we we got no internet out there. And, and even if we had internet, the way that the cabin is set up, there's no way for us to do a podcast anyway. I got equipment out there, you know, very small kind of equipment, but would get the job done. Um, but, um, you know, there's no, nothing soundproof. You know, when Daisy goes to bed, we're walking on eggshells in there, just trying not to wake her up. And she sometimes wakes up on her own anyway. And, uh, you know, she got a little sick last night. We had to tend to her. And uh, we all got in one bed and cuddled up. And, and Daisy fell asleep. She's never done that before. Maybe when she was a tiny baby. But she really likes her own space to go to sleep. And it was a lot of fun. We all slept in one bed. Well, actually, it's not that she loves her own space. But when she has historically gotten in the bed with us she's just so excited to be in the bed with mom and dad that she can't sleep right it's a party yeah 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 so maybe she doesn't want her own space she needs it (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, so uh last week i believe since we've done the podcast uh last week i was in um california i went to corning california i went out to um to do a casino out there i had to oh yeah let's talk about this this is pretty wild uh i flew out to i left here about seven i was gonna fly out on thursday and do a show on friday so i left out of here about seven i was looking to get to sacramento about midnight and then once i land in sacramento i would take an hour and 40 minute car ride to corning so i was looking to get in around 1 o'clock a.m um but I had a bunch of flight delays, a lot of stuff going on. My flight got delayed leaving Nashville, and they were like, there was some damage to the plane on the landing. We're going to get it checked out, see what we can do. Uh, you know, this may be a bumpy ride out of here, uh, so we'll probably leave the seatbelt sign on the whole time. And I'm thinking, oh, man. Like, I'm flying all the time. Like, it's so much so that I get on a plane now, and I don't even think about it. I don't even think about the dangers of going up in the air in an airplane and and, and all that could happen. And and I'm always like, when they're like, oh, we got a little thing we got to check out. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, just do it. Let's just go. It's fine, right? I never even think about all the little things that could go wrong. And then in that moment when they were like, something happened on the landing and this is going to be a rough ride, I was like, uh, the, for the first time, like a little nervous on a plane. I was like, oh, I don't like this. You know, and I was leaving at night anyway. But we landed in Dallas and I had to sit there for like two hours uh, at night. The Admirals Club was closed. I didn't know what to do. I'm just out here. just a peasant at the airport i'm so sorry and uh no it was great and then we flew and i ended up landing in sacramento about 2 a.m 
And then I got picked up by the casino and they sent someone to come pick me up. And he came out in a big like van and, um, I had been eating, you know, some CBD edibles throughout the trip and I got into the van with this guy and I was like, if it doesn't bother you, I said, I may just pass out back here. And he's like, great. He's like, I'm just listening to this sort of podcast. And it sounded like he was listening to like a trivia podcast. And then it would, uh, there would be a lot of loud screams and cheers when people answered questions. But I had noise counseling headphones and I just put on some of my own music and just kicked back. But when we got to the casino, it was about 4 a.m. And I was just kind of waking up. And I went to put my headphones, I have these wired headphones, and I went to put them back into the case. But when I did, I took my glasses off and put them into the headphone case and packed them away in my bag. And then I just sitting there and I'm like, oh, what happened to my glasses? <laughs> I'm like looking around the seat for my glasses. And eventually I find the headphones and I realize what I've done. And my glasses were in the case. But I was like, Phew. And then I just went in there and the casino was real weird. You know, anytime you show up at some place and you've not had a lot of sleep and you show up real late, everything seems weird. At least that's how it always is for me. Everything's all weird. Um, like the guy, you know, I have to get his attention at the front desk and then he comes over and checks me in and then uh, he just kind of gives me the key. And we're in a casino. The floor, the room number is like 2104 two or whatever and i'm like well there's definitely not 21 floors to this casino uh he's like and i just looking at it and i'm just kind of looking at him and he goes right down the hall but in the way he did it it was like this is where all the victims stay you know <laughs> down the hall to the left and then i just slept for a while and it felt great this sounds like the beginning of a twilight zone episode well, yeah. You put the it, glasses on, you enter the hotel, and then you die. Yeah, it was feeling like that. And, you know, the next morning I got up, and I'm just kind of walking around uh, the casino, and it's just, you know, it's just loud, and things are going ding, 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 and lights are everywhere, and I'm just walking through, and there's nothing particularly sad about this casino, but the people that I'm seeing just playing the games – seem sad to me. Now, they could all be perfectly happy. They could have wonderful lives, and this is just what they love to do. And I like to think that's the case. But it doesn't seem that way. People just seem very sad. Just, you know, there wasn't a lot of smoking, but there was smoke in the air. And people, I saw a lady, you know, cigarette hanging out of her lips, uh, smoking with no hands, playing the casino, drinking one hand. And I'm not judging, but I'm like... It just doesn't, like I've played the casino games, so I don't know where the enjoyment is coming from. I've played them and not enjoyed them, so I don't understand what people are enjoying. They're just putting their money in this machine, and then they're just hitting this button, and then a bunch of lights flash, and it either tells you you won or you didn't win, and I, I, I just don't understand I think it's like a way to drink alone, but in public. Yeah, maybe. And I guess there's probably not a lot going on in a lot of these towns. So the casino is kind of a spot to go hang, maybe. 
Because it's like I used to drink alone, but in public. But I, I would I would know uh, a bartender, or I would know people that worked at the place. So, I, or I would run into people I knew. So I would just go out, but I, I wouldn't be drinking alone. I wouldn't go to the bar with people, you know. But I would. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just think when I've been to casinos, it's like they are drinking by themselves, doing a solitary activity. Obviously, there's people that go to the casino with other people as well, but generally speaking, I would see people that are alone. And then I got stuck in this loop. I wanted to get some food, and they have like four restaurants. And I'm just going back and forth to these restaurants, looking at the menus, and like not wanting to eat anything off any menu nothing looked good to me it's like i'm just kept going back and forth between and i eventually just ended up eating like a fast food hamburger which was honestly pretty tasty um and then uh i hung out in my room for a while but then i went for a walk i just walked out in the middle of this field i just kind of you know, just walked. I was like, it just seems pretty empty out here. But there were mountains all around me, but in the distance. But I could see them on all sides. So I just took a walk out in this field. I walked down to a creek, skipped a couple of rocks, jumped over the creek, stood under some trees, walked down a long gravel road, and it was great. Mm. I really got out and escaped the loud ding, 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 ding of the casino and just got out into some nature. And it was great. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I like this telling of it. But then when I got to the show, um, the show was really great. It was a really great show. I mean, people came. The show was sold out. The show was sold out way in advance. Uh, it was in a nice room. They had a nice setup. Uh, everything was great. The people at the casino were very nice to me, um, and just a lot of fun. Native American, uh, kind of. I met I met a few people from the tribe at the end of the show. Uh, I met the general manager of the casino, and they were Native American. I don't think all of them. I, I don't know anymore. I, I think you just have to have a percentage of the tribe blood to. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because I, I feel like they were like these people are, are with the tribe, and I was like. You know, I would not have known it had you not told me. They just have to have, like, one braid. Yeah. I, they weren't even a lot of braids. I mean, they're getting very modern with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the casino, no matter where you're at, the casino always feels a little shady, mafia-like. Yeah. It always feels like the kind of place where the security guards will knock you over the head tie you up and throw you out. That's probably what that creek is for that I was walking around in. That's probably where they throw people. They don't pay their debts. Yeah. Yeah, casinos have never ceased to depress me. Yeah. And then on the way back, I got another van that they drove me in. So I got to lay down in the back again. So it was really great. I've had some experiences and I like to talk to people. I do like talking a lot, but I've had some experiences where I'll get up super early and I got to ride a long distance in a car. And I think, all right, well, I'll just kind of kick back here. And then the person talks to me the whole time that's driving. 
And I like talking, so it's hard for me to just stop talking. But it's all, and it's uh, it's impossible for me to go. Hey, I'd rather not talk, except for the one time when I got mad at that guy in Tampa. I it's impossible for me to go because it's just like to me, it's like the height of rudeness to be like, hey, I'd rather not talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've been doing a few massages here and there, and sometimes they'll <laughs> ask you, they'll say. Uh, you know, do you prefer to not talk or to talk? And it's like, well, they won't ask it like that. I think they found a good way to ask it where you can, they like you, we can talk if you want, or we can not talk if you want. And then when that, when that thing gets posed to me, I just remain silent as if to say, I'm giving you an answer because I don't want to be chatting it up when I'm doing a massage. Absolutely not. I mean, it's like, let's, this is a relaxation mode. I tell you what, being a masseuse would never be a job for me. I mean, I, I give, you know, like you a back rub for a couple of minutes. Do and you, I'm though? Like, my hands hurt. You very rarely give me a back massage. Well, sometimes I'll give you like a foot massage or something. And I'm like, oh, dang, my yeah, hands give, are tired. You give up quick. Yeah, my hands. And it's just like, you know, I got hand strength, but I'm just like, I just feel like you just mash it around on <laughs> It just seems like a hard job. Well, I thought you were going to say you wouldn't want to be a masseuse because of the chit-chat. I don't think people are wanting to chit-chat. Yeah. Although I'd be surprised. You know, you'd be surprised. These people out here talking on airplanes, talking on buses and public transportation. There's people out here that just talk to strangers. This lady started talking to me on a plane on the way back from Sacramento. She didn't start at the very beginning of the flight. Now I ended up talking to her and, and, and it was, it was a nice chat. It was fine, but it was like, I was about to, I was pulling up a podcast. I was going to try to edit, uh, some videos and I just got started and she started at, she asked me a question and I answered the question. And then I kept like, I kept trying to keep it in that mode of this is the last question I'm going to answer. And then I'm going to get back to doing what I was doing without saying it but she would never go for it so eventually i just put the computer back in my bag and i was just like i just settled in for this is what's going to be happening the rest of this plane and it was fine the chat was fine but i don't like talking on planes i hate that for you i hate that that happened to you well for me it's like my head is there's almost too much pressure and I just don't want to be talking. It's not like I'm, I'm bothered by it. Sometimes I am. Uh, I think one time I was sitting next to these people and there's this couple and they had like snuck in some mini bottles or something. And they were like, they, they were just chatting it up and they go, I hope you weren't looking to get rest. And then the, uh, some, one of the people that worked at the airline came back and told me that I got upgraded and it was so great. The girl was like, did you call the help button or what? And I was like, I was like, I don't know, but this is working out great for me. Mm. So we wanted to do kind of a, oh, and then where am I going? Next weekend, I'm going nowhere this weekend. Tomorrow, this will come out. This will come out on a Friday. Um, and then, so I'm going to, I want to be resting this weekend. Very nice. Uh, but next weekend, I'll be in Bay Harbor, Michigan. I think that's called Petrosky, Michigan. Um and uh, we're just doing one show up there. It's going to be great. Um, and then the next weekend, I'm going to go to Comedy Works in Denver, downtown. I've never done the downtown club. I've done the club um, Comedy Works South a couple of times, but never the downtown club. So that's very exciting. 
Looking forward to it. Denver. So we wanted to do a bit of a neighbor podcast. I mean, we've been, uh, you know, we got various neighbor things going on. And I think it's (laughs) really fun. I mean, and my neighborhood, and I still feel this way about it, but for a long time, the neighborhood has just been great. We knew all our neighbors. We were buddies with all the neighbors, all except for our one neighbor that got evicted. We never met him, but everybody else we knew, and it was just great and pleasant. And, um, you know, recently, uh, the neighbor we never knew got evicted, and then some new people have moved in, and... I, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're still in move in mode, (laughs) but I mean, the, you know, they had like these moving trailers and this trailer of boats that, uh, we thought, all right, well, they're, you know, they're just moving in, but the trailer doesn't seem to go away and it takes up most of the driveway. And then they have two huge cars. So one of them's always parked out in the cul-de-sac, which is really not allowed, and uh, we don't like it. We don't want to be like snitches about it, but we don't like it. And then the guy has a little like forklift slash bulldozer. It's like a little miniature bulldozer front end loader. <laughs> and he's it's just, a tractor. <laughs> well, it's a tractor, but it, you know, it's got the uh, tank wheels on it. Yeah, a little <laughs> tractor in the suburbs. Yeah, and it's like he's just. I don't even know what he's lifting up. He's just out there lifting up things and with that. And they got all these like yard decorations that looks like it's like, you know how you take all your yard decorations outside and you're like, I'm about to decorate the yard. And then you spend time like putting everything together in this beautiful pattern or whatever. They just have stopped at the, we're about to decorate the yard part. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, now keep in mind, I mean, this whole time we've, we've lived here, we've had a neighbor that we didn't even meet. So, we're not used to having a neighbor there. And then these guys are coming in hot. And our, our cul-de-sac is active. We got a lot of younger kids that play out in the cul-de-sac. So, you know, and Daisy likes to get out there too with the older kids. So, I like to be able to see the cul-de-sac. So, when a giant truck is parked there, blocks my view. And then it's just like people were pulled up in a work truck out there and I, I thought well maybe they're doing some construction at his house because they're like coming in using his garage and cutting stuff either they're building something in the garage for him and he's hired them or he's running some kind of business out of out of his garage and they're like some workers for him that pulled up I mean they seem very nice but I don't want the cul-de-sac turning into a uh, you know, a manufacturing district. Yeah. Yeah. He's running a business out of his garage. You know, I don't know. I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt here, but he's got a pretty big backyard that doesn't seem to have much going on except a, like an old hunting dog just (laughs) running around back there. now. (laughs) There's an old hound that goes up on the porch and looks at me all the time. (laughs) So we also, got a privacy fence, a six-foot privacy fence. Now, not for the new neighbors, not for any of the neighbors, but the the new neighbors, there's always been a fence in between us and them. And then behind us is an eight-foot privacy fence, which is not allowed, uh, but we don't mind it. We're over it. The other neighbor put it up. The other, other neighbor put it up, 
and uh, we're fine with it. Well, I've made jokes about it, and I've made peace with it. It's an eyesore, but we're chill. Yeah, we are chill, and 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 you know, we're chill about the other neighbors. I don't know how long the chillness will last with the other neighbors. Yeah, but um, for now, we're chill, and so, but but. Our other neighbor that's next to us, we're friends with, me and him, we make a lot of jokes about the lawn. He's in his 70s. We make a lot of jokes about the lawn. He's got a real nice looking yard. And me, I don't mind weeds. I like clover. I like dandelions. I like the way they look. Uh, The rabbits eat the clover. The bees like the clover. The bees like the dandelions. I'm into it. But he has a really nice, like, you know, regular grass looking yard. He lush, aerates his yeah, lawn. He, he aerates every year. It's lush. It's dark green. They it's painted just, their porch. They got a sprinkler system that comes in. I mean, it's top notch. It's I mean, an all American lawn. Every day, four or five a.m. That's getting it's getting watered. Mm. And you know, I started to build things in my backyard. So I started to, I started to kind of do to this neighbor what the new neighbor's doing to me, but on a smaller scale. Yes. So I said to him one day, this was about three years ago. I said, I'm thinking about getting a fence because I've got a lot of stuff going on in the backyard, and I don't want you to have to look at it. He goes, he goes, I really, he said, to be honest with you, I really like it being open back here. He said, I don't care what you do in your yard. So I said, okay, great. So flash forward, we have a baby, and now our, 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 our baby's running around a little bit in the backyard, and so we think, you know what, maybe we should get a fence. So I run the idea by him again. I go, you know, we're really thinking about getting a fence for the baby, and he, again, tells me how much he doesn't like the idea. And so we work out an idea to maybe b- just build a fence across both of our front lawns and connecting them because he has a fence on the other side of him. So it would just enclose this big backyard. But then they would still leave one little space where they would have a gate that we couldn't see. And so we wouldn't feel safe letting Daisy just run around out there. So we said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and do it. So this is a long story about a fence. No, but it's it's necessary backstory. But so um, we eventually we come back to it. We say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do it this time. So we ask the homeowners association about it, and they say you have to get permission from whatever neighbor is being affected by it. And I go, okay, I don't know why I have to get permission to do things on my own property, but that's what an HOA is. Uh, so I, I messaged them about it. They say, hey, no problem. We understand. And I said, I don't have a survey for the land, but I said, I figure we can get out there and just look at it and, dis- and, and decide what we want to do. And they go, you got to have the survey. You got to have the survey. And I go, okay. So I go, it's, I'm very irritated by it, but I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. So I go, it costs, it costs, it's not cheap to get a survey. So I have to pay to get a survey. They come out, they basically draw up the line between our property that I knew already existed and actually gave me a little more land. Um, uh, and so it felt good. I ended up not going all the way to the line with the fence. I wish I would have hindsight, but I was being nice to him because I like him and I, I just would wanted it this way. I thought what well, the fence is completely on my land. He can never say it's touching his land. Um, so when the guy comes out to build the fence, he goes, do you want, 
you know, he said, you know, you got, you want the nice side to face the road, but do you want the side between the house? You want the nice side facing you or the neighbor? And I thought, well, I should just look at the nice side. I should get to look at the nice side. Well, they're building the fence. I leave. I go away. Uh, this guy comes over. The he's neighbor. the neighbor. He comes over. He's freaking out. He's like, he's like, Hannah answers the door. He's like, you got the wrong side of the, you, you did a pretty good impression, but you got the wrong side of the fence facing me. And, and Hannah's like, I don't even know what this means or what you're talking about. I have no idea. And he's like, you got the wrong, you got to tell him to turn it around. And, and so Hannah calls me. She's like, the neighbor's over here. He's freaking out. And this is a guy that we've I've only had casual. Uh, Superficial. Lawn talk. We did go to dinner with them one time, but it still stayed pretty light. And I get out there and, and he goes, um, you got, I, I text him. And he comes out and he goes, you got the wrong side of the fence. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, the neighbor's supposed to get the nice side of the fence. I go, why do you get the nice side? And he goes, that's what's in the, whatever, whatever the homeowners association covenant. Yeah. He goes, that's what it says in the covenant. So in that moment, I'm in this place where I'm like, all right, I definitely have not read the homeowners association covenant, but I bet he has. So I'm like, I realize at this point, there's no way for me to win this battle. If it goes anywhere. And that at this point, it feels like this guy is the kind of guy who's going to go for a legal battle about it so i was just like all right and i asked the guy i go how can you just turn it around he goes yeah but it'll cost extra and i'm like can you let me know and um and he was like yeah i'll let you know and then they just start turning it around they just start fixing it and they did it in no time these guys were amazing workers uh they knocked it out in no time and and then i text jerry and we we made peace but now i don't want to see him out in the yard so it's like we've made peace, but I'd rather not see him. We've made peace, but now there's a wall between us. Like, it's just weird that we've gotten along for three years. We have this ugly spat for the first time in our entire neighborly relationship. And then there's a wall between us. And I did a bunch of cussing out there and I felt bad about it. But I was just like, it made me so mad. I'm like, this dude has fought. I said, I was like, you made me pay, and I said the amount of money, uh, all this money to establish a line that I already knew existed, and now you're out here giving you're out here giving me ass about this, and uh, I'm just like, I just was so fed up because he won. I mean, he won, and I knew he won when he brought up homeowners homeowners association covenant. So he won, right? And I knew he won, and it made me matter. I think to know that 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 I've done all this. I've I'm the one that's had to pay for everything, and then this guy gets the nice side of the fence. I don't even care to be honest with you. The fence is great. I like my side of the fence that I'm looking at, but it just annoys me that it's like. He's like, I don't even want the fence in the first place. And it's like, yeah, it, you don't get to, sometimes stuff happens that you don't want to happen, you know? And it's just, that's just how it goes. And and they knew that I wanted it for the baby. We want to be able to let our daughter run in the backyard and not have to worry about her going to the road. That's the only reason we want a fence. But I love the fence now. But it, but you're right about the wall. Because we've had this fight, and now I look out and I see the yard, I see the fence instead of seeing their yard, it does feel like, it feels like we had a fight and then I put up the fence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
rather than the fight being about the fans. Yeah, it's very symbolic. It seems to magnify the emotions. And uh, we've yet to see them since the, since then. And I like these guys. I mean, yeah. these guys were my friends. I mean, I uh, you know we weren't hanging out on the weekends, but I like them. I like seeing them out, and um, and I really explained to them what was going on. But it just, and now it feels like he got so mad about that that thing that now it feels like he's been passive aggressive with me about everything. You know, I'm like wondering now, has everything he's ever said been passive aggressive to me? Like one time in late summer, early fall, the uh, I didn't want to rake the leaves. So I just was going to mow them again. So I mowed them all up. And now my grass was a little bit shorter than his grass. And he made the joke uh, like, oh, you're going to have to make me mow my lawn again. And then I was like, well, I just didn't want to rake and he goes, oh, I hate raking. But I just think now, was he making a joke or was he like, like he's so competitive about the grass that he's like, I got I to gotta cut the grass again now. Yeah. Because you've cut your grass again. There's a lot of lawn stuff going on in the neighborhood. People really care about a lawn around here. And then there's also some people in the neighborhood that act like they don't even know that they have a lawn. Yeah. There's a real cross section. I mean, there is a guy that mows his lawn in the neighborhood. It's brown the majority of the year. It's a kind of a grass that goes dormant. Now, in the summer, spring and summer, it looks amazing. It looks like carpet out there. I mean, you could, it's just amazing. And he loves that grass. We, we were talking in the yard about traveling one time, and he was like, well, I don't want to be going too long. You know, I got to get home and mow. I mean, he <laughs> loves that lawn. He's already cut it three or four times this year. I mean, he loves it. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I wish that more people love things the way that guy loves his lawn. Yeah, the, the weird thing about that guy's grass is like, yes, it looks good, you know, from April to November. But there's, you know, a good chunk in the winter where it looks the worst of everyone's lawn because it turns this, you know, unnatural, like, sand color. I would say it looks good at best, six months of the year. Uh-huh. And then the other six months, it's brown. Yeah, so it's like you do all this work to, to manicure it for the summer seasons, but you're just kind of like neglect, don't care that it just looks like garbage uh, the, the other half of the year. It's a little just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, and then, you know, out at the cabin, we've also got a neighbor out there, and um the neighbors uh, in McMinnville, a lot of the older people in McMinnville have a very distinct Southern accent that even I'm not very familiar with. It's different than the Alabama accent I grew up with. I mean, instead of McMinnville, they say MacMinnville, and which is how I used to say McDonald's. I may still say it that way. I just don't ever even talk about McDonald's anymore. <laughs> I don't eat there, but I used to say McDonald's instead of McDonald's. Yeah. It's a very, it's a, it's a slight thing. but I enjoy the McMinnville accent. It's comforting. It's sweet. It's uh, quirky. Yeah. You know, it's it's its own people down there. And as uh, Hannah likes to say that I like to fritter around. I like to do things in the yard and I just kind of like to fritter around. And I, I, I guess that is what I like to do. But our, our neighbor out in McMinnville, 
he's retired, and I don't know exactly what he did. Uh, I, 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 I think something manual labor, some kind of factory. And he's retired now, and he was cutting my grass over there for a long time, and that was that was great because he was doing it for free. Um, and now he stopped, maybe because I wasn't paying him. Or he says his tractor broke, but that's what I'd say too if I didn't want to cut anybody's grass anymore for free. Um, but he, uh, I'd break the tractor just so I wouldn't have to cut it anymore for free. And uh, he um, he makes these things, right? He, he just gets little pieces of wood and then he'll just... Uh, he makes crafts. He makes crafts. He'll staple the wood together, and then he'll put, you know, pumpkins on there or, or snowmen, depending on the season. And they are all very cute, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. But he uh, he doesn't really have a name for them. And uh, so this has really made us laugh uh, because he says, uh, he, he says, take this, this is a... Uh, uh, Hannah does it better though. He, <laughs> yeah, he'll hold it up and it'll be some, you know, piece of wood with a garland hanging off of it. And he's like, You want this? It's a. And then he just kind of trails off. He goes, This is a. It's a half completed decoration <laughs> followed by a half completed uh, name for it. It right. says. And so he's yeah. he's very nice. I mean, he's our he's our trusted friend out out in McMinnville, and uh, he watches out over the place while we're while we're not there. But he, uh, uh, but just it's like I'll go. I went over there. We went over there the other day to talk to him a little bit, and he was out making some crafts. And uh, he had another thing, and it's like me and Hannah had already been making these jokes about him going. It's a it's like a. Uh, and, just and, take it. <laughs> it's like, okay. And uh, he goes, uh, and we he tells us to take. He, so we're standing over there talking. He's making. He goes, take this here. It's a. Uh, and then he did it again, and like we almost could not hold back the laughter. Uh, I did hold it together, but it was very hard. And then I was like, well, "What is this?" And he goes, "I oh, can put anything you want on there." <laughs> And, uh, and then, so today I'm over there, I, I talked to him and he goes, you see that, uh, little thing down there with the bunnies and the eggs on it? Would you go ahead and take it? <laughs> and he keeps, you know, he'll give me a lot of holiday things like holidays that, that I don't celebrate. And so I don't know what to, I don't know how to be like, so I just keep taking them. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I'm like. I think he's retired, he's bored, and he just wants to do it, so I don't want to not take it. I can't imagine he listens to this podcast, but uh, if he does, well, I'll still take the stuff. Yeah. I'll still take Whatever a, it I'll is. Take a, uh, Whatever it is, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. We'll take it. We'll take it. And uh, But, you know... <laughs> One day I was out there and I was just, you know, I just like to be out. I am kind of frittering around, I guess, but I just like to be outside. I like to be outside. I like to be in the sunshine. I like to breathe in the fresh air. I like to touch things on the ground. So I was just walking around out there one day, kind of half forest, half clearing. And there's a just a bunch of limbs everywhere. So I just start picking them up and I put them in this square and I build this big kind of square area and uh so and i'm out there today with hannah and she's like what is this and i go and i was not even trying to make a joke but i go it's like a uh 
Like I didn't have a name for it. You did the Donald. I did the Donald. It was not coming. That's the neighbor's name. It was not coming. I just, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just made a square uh, piece of uh something and uh, i threw some leaves in it and i eventually want those leaves because it was just over this red clay you made about a, a five by five um you know maybe one foot high uh pile of logs uh with leaves inside yeah because the, the, the rain was washing the leaves way on down the hill, but I thought if I could trap these leaves here. No, this is this is the idea you've had since then. I don't think you had the idea while you were no, doing it. No, I did it. have it. Oh, okay. That's why I was building the border was to trap the leaves, but I didn't have a rake that day. So what is it called? <laughs> well, it's compost now. <laughs> I put some banana peels in there so I could give it a name. Yeah, but you just did that for the first time today. Yeah, I didn't have a name, but I, you know, I was just messing around down there. And we got a little cave area down there too by the creek, and I built a partial uh, stone walkway while I was down there. I did, I did a pretty good chunk of it. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm no road builder, but it's and I didn't have a shovel. I was digging holes with other rocks. But I got into it. Matter of fact, you've built a lot of different outdoor Donald uh, structures. Yeah, I got a little Donald in me. You know <laughs> you what do, I mean? You do. <laughs> I mean, I, that's why I understand Donald. Yeah. Because you just get into something and it's fun and you're having a fun time doing it. You didn't know you were going to do it when you woke up in the morning. And when you're going to bed at night, you're not quite sure what you did. But you did it. Well, that's really the best kind of stuff, right? You, you, you're just out there. You're just breathing in fresh air. You're getting sunshine, and you feel inspired. And you're like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do now. I didn't go down being like, I'm going to build a stone pathway today. But I was down there, and I thought, there's all these rocks out here. Maybe I'll organize them a little bit. Make a stone pathway. Yeah, you're kind of like a kid because then you come into the house and you're like, why'd you go down there and check out what I built? Exactly. I said, what'd you build? And you said, just like a... It's like a... Just a <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Oh, I'll try true. to look out for, for that. It is true. It was so funny, though, when we go, what is this? Because it was just wood, you know? Wood very well put together. And I go, he goes, well, you can put whatever you want on it. And, that, and he's not wrong. No. But the truth is you can put whatever you want on pretty much anything. Anything. That's exactly right. You can put something right. on something. And that's what he did. And that's what he does. So we also went to Lowe's down at McMinnville. And um, I, I was trying to get some keys made. And this guy, he goes, he goes, anybody ever tell you you sound and look just like this comedian that I, that I watch? And I go... I go, well, that's me, <laughs> you know, and uh, and he goes, for real, and I'm like, yeah, because I was like, sometimes if I'm on a plane, I'll beat around the bush for a long time about what I do, because it's just going to lead to talking about comedy, and sometimes I love talking about comedy. In fact, most times I love talking to it, but if I'm trapped on an airplane, the last thing I want to do is run through, I, I'm basically doing a podcast with something on, somebody on an airplane telling them how I got started in comedy. So I try to avoid it, but I'm just in a lows and I'm like, that's me. I'm the comedian. Let's have some fun here. You know, we told some jokes. Then suddenly everything I said they thought was funny. And that works for me. I'm into that. We made the keys. I made a few jokes. 
about it here and there. Everything was great. There was a lady who came over to help, and she's like, well, I'd help, but I'm about to go on lunch. And I go, okay. And then the guy's like, I'll help you. And then he's like, says the comedian thing. And then she goes, oh, you're a comedian. Then she stays the whole time. I guess she never goes to lunch. And, uh, and they get the keys. And then I need a chain. I need to get a piece of chain. So I need some chain cut. So I say to the guy, the guy who's now recognized me, said he's a fan of me. And we had a little conversation. He goes, I go, hey, where are the chains at? He goes, they're two hours, they're two aisles over. And somebody over there will cut it for you. <laughs> and it was just like, why can't that be you? <laughs> Aren't you a fan? Like, let's drag this out, man. This is a more opportunity for us to talk. And you go ahead and cut that chain for me. You got to go to lunch. So then I went over there to the chain cutting aisle. And uh, I, I used to say that this, it's called the, when I w worked in Lowe's, they would, you would have those buttons where you could push the button and it'll say, customer assistance needed in the rope and chain cutting aisle. And I always thought, I always made the joke that they had those words mixed up where it's rope, chain, and cutting aisle. You know, where it's just like all uh, depression, sadness, suicide uh, yeah. aisle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't continue to do the joke because it usually got about that reaction from people. Yeah. But uh, I think it's very funny. But uh, no one ever came. No one ever came to cut the chain. I walked around all over the place looking for somebody to just come and even even just talk to me about chain. And they never came. So I went to the tractor supply in McMinnville where I'd previously gotten a lot of help from people. And I think there was one lady working in the store. I finally got a guy to cut the chain. And it was, a, I mean, it was just a fiasco. Customer services, it's taking a dive out here. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last time in McMinnville, I tried to get some closet organizers and they normally will cut them for you in the store. And the guy was like, our cutter's broke. You got to buy a bolt cutter. So do you feel like customer service has changed or do you think your expectations have just uh, become a little bit more sophisticated as you become a grown man who's not a raging alcoholic? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I can't, I don't think customer service is getting better. That's for sure. But Lowe's and Home Depot's annoy me particularly because I spent so much time in them. I spent so much time in them dealing with employees that needed to help me help them that I know what's going on in there. And it gets frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. It gets frustrating quick in there. Yeah. I used to walk in when I sold pesticides, I would walk into a, a, a Home Depot or a Lowe's store and I'd have to go in and I would have to ask somebody that worked there to operate the forklift to get pallets down for me. And... You know, uh, because I was not allowed to drive the forklift because I was not an actual employee of Lowe's or Home Depot. So I couldn't do it. And then, you know, but the shelves would be empty and all my stuff would be up in these pallets. And so I'm like, if you get this pallet down, I'll put it on the shelf for you. And if you don't get it down for me, you'll have to get it down later and you'll have to put it on the shelf. And they just don't care. So they weren't helping you when your job was on the line to get stuff done at these home hardware stores. Yes. So I'm thinking what happens to you out here when you go back to these stores and no one's helping you is you get triggered. 
Yeah, I mean, they were, they were all living in this delusion that they would say things like, well, if you're going to come, you know, let us know what day you're going to come or, or call a couple hours before you get here and we'll go ahead and get them down. All right, and so I'd be like, all right, I'll be here next Tuesday, 8 a.m. And then I'd get up super early. I'd make my way down to the store thinking, all right, I'm going to get here at 8 a.m. This stuff's going to be down. And it wouldn't be down. And then it'd take them an hour to get it down. So an hour that I could have been stocking their shelves and onto the next door, I'm still watching people pick their butt trying to figure out how to get the stuff down. Well, maybe that's what you need to do to get a chain cut at Lowe's. You need to make an appointment. Let yeah. them know you're coming in a week and you're trying to get a little chain cut. Yeah, trying to get a chain cut up in here. Mm. But it was great. I mean, we had a great time out there, breathing a lot of fresh air. And, and I was reminded of a story, you know, of this, um, this guy. I was telling Hannah about it. This guy did a, some excavation work out there on the land. And, um, <laughs> and uh, he, um, we had a great relationship. I mean, I felt like we were becoming friends. And then towards the end of the thing, he was like, you know, he was like, all right, we're going to put your septic tank in on this week. And then I was like, all right, great. And then it would be like, all right, well, now it's going to be next week. It rained a lot. And I'm like, all right, I get it. And then he's like, oh, you know what? We decided to be better to wait for the cabin to come before we put the uh, septic tank in. So I'm like, okay, no problem. And then the, the cabin comes, and I'm like, all right, when do we when are we going to get that septic tank? And, and by this point, I'm thinking, all right, this guy's blowing me off. He's not going to do it, and he's not going to tell me that he can't do it. He's just going to keep pushing it back. And then I go, hey, I just want to – because I'm just like still friends with this guy. So I'm like, I'm not trying to, you know, ruffle any feathers. I'm not trying to have a, a, a neighbor Jerry situation going on here. So I'm just like uh, – Hey, just want to check on that septic tank. He goes, oh, my uncle died. I'm headed down to Mississippi. And I'm just like, I hate to be unsympathetic for death in the family, but I'm like, an uncle? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if it's like, it's like your mom, your dad, your grandma, but like your uncle, unless there is like a special bond. Like, I know I've told this already, but my uncle was dead for a year and a half before I even found out he died. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that may just speak volumes on my family, yeah. but I'm like, I've not been to a, I don't, well, I do have some uncles left, but I've not been to a single uncle's funeral. I don't know anybody who's close with their uncle as adults. And I was like, well, what's going on? Is this guy ever going to do this or not? And then he did do it, and it was great, and it was wonderful, but it strained our relationship. But I was just like, uncle, come on. Do you think he felt like he didn't even care that my uncle died? That's what I think. I think that he thought I was very unsympathetic, and, and I was. Yeah. But I and I, I, I wish I had known the situation if he was like, you know what, growing up we were all very tight and this is all very hard for us. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely on board with that. But um I don't know. I just never had that kind of bond with any uncles. No. That's weak. Yeah. And it's like, but it's also like, you know, and, and this is the unsympathetic part, but it's like, you know, you know, when, when close relatives die, there is this leeway of like, okay, let's kind of halt production. This is a big deal. 
But when like a extended family dies, it's kind of like, you know, we still need to get things done out here. Yeah. And in the end, it was all fine. I, I, I guess my, my real worry was not that he was taking the time to do it. My real worry was that it was going to get pushed so far out that it wasn't going to get done. I had never had this kind of work done, so I'm not experienced in it. His problem, too, or at least from my point of view of of the way it played out is like he just came in hot with the friendship. It's like when he first came out to the land, we started talking about God together and we're just standing out there in our barren land and we're just witnessing to each other and talking about the Lord. And it just and you don't have those kinds of godly conversations with strangers so and then and then by the end of that conversation you know he's even saying things like ah the lord put us together like we are meant to talk we are meant like you know and then and then we're driving home in the car and we're thinking whoa this is powerful this is you know so the friendship starts there and then it ends with like when are you going to get my my dumper installed, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for this thing to get in here. And, you, you, you know, you've been trailing me along for like a month, you know? So you can't start super hot and connected, and then it starts to crumble, and that's when it just gets weird. It is, it is true. But you know what? In the end, he did do it, and it's all great. Mm-hmm. And they were very thorough, very great. They did a great job. Every time we flush the toilet, it goes right out of there mm-hmm. and into some weird thing in the ground. Yeah. Whatever that is. A bunch yeah. of rocks and sand that just all our waste goes out into and seeps into the earth. And he his business came to McMinnville while we were while they were working on our land. We think we played a big role in that. We think they're like Let's move down to McMinnville and yeah, and start start our let's get a, a, McMin- let's get a McMinnville branch. <laughs> yeah, I truly believe it. But there's a pizza place we go to. I think we've talked about it already. Begonias, it's good, but just like every place that we do, this is what me and Hannah do. We find a place that we like to eat at, and then we eat there until we hate it. Which takes usually just once or twice. It usually yeah, about four times I would say Maybe. average of about four times. Yeah. Uh, and by the fourth time, it's like not as good as we remember it being. Yeah. And we're we're pretty burned out by that point. We're like, ew. And I think that's what just happened to us with begonias. Like, what happened to you? Yeah. I mean, it's just like every time I've been there, the pizza is just like blowing my mind. And then this time, it like didn't. <laughs> it wasn't even bad, right? It just didn't blow my mind. I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> We've been wrong. We've been fooled the whole time. And we went to the, we kept going to this barbecue place. I, I may be just repeating stories. We kept going to this barbecue place. And this guy, this one waiter, he was just like a real tall guy. Just kind of just, just kind of didn't seem like a very smart guy. One time I took Connor Larson down there and uh, the guy was like talking to Connor. And he's like, you got a girlfriend, man? And Connor's <laughs> like... <laughs> he's like and this was a while back and he's like no and and he goes i bet you get a lot of girls don't you and it was just so weird it was like okay guys yeah Uh but he was there and uh he was our waiter this last time and i go you don't have any barbecue chicken because the barbecue place they got brisket they got fried chicken i go you don't have any barbecue chicken he goes he's like barbecue chicken i never heard of that I was like, are you serious? You've never heard of barbecue chicken? 
And he's like so clueless. And he goes, and he's like, uh, I can get you some fried. I was like, I just want a barbecue chicken sandwich. He's like, well, I can get you some chicken fingers and give you some toast and you can make a sandwich out of it. And I was like, all right. And then the meal comes, there's no toast. And the guy doesn't even come back to the table. So I don't even get an opportunity to go, hey, what about that bread we talked about? <laughs> 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 and and he comes back and then he's waiting on the table behind me like the booth behind me like my head is practically brushing up against another guy's head that's how close we are and the guy asks about barbecue chicken the waiter goes everybody's asking about barbecue chicken today what's that all about and it's like i bet you get asked that every day <laughs> Barbecue chicken is standard at a barbecue place. I mean, beef is sometimes they don't have beef brisket, but they always have chicken. Yeah. So we had to quit going to that place. We went to a Mexican restaurant there one time that only took us one time to be like, we'll not go back to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the issue with McMinnville, McMinnville, is that all the you know best restaurants are really only open Thursday through Sunday, and Dusty's gone most weekends, so we're typically at the cabin Monday through Wednesday. Dang, going to places getting us food poisoning—that's our best option. Yeah, I mean, there's a juice place we liked out there, and yeah. we still like it. We go there still, but uh, but I mean, like I think they're closed on Mondays or something. Yeah, crazy. like like around New Year's, they were just closed for a while. Yeah, I mean, people were doing this weird thing, and maybe they always do this around New Year's, but I really noticed it. Where, I mean, you get New Year's off. New Year's Day off, right? And that was like, let's say it was like something like a Friday or a Saturday was New Year's Day this year, right? But then on Monday, everybody just took the day off too. Yeah. And it's like, why, guys? Like you've, for the most part, a lot of people have had like several days, if not weeks off for this Christmas holiday. And you just casually taking a Monday off. Like, let's get back to work. It's a new yeah. year. Like, yeah. Like I, like, I just need to order a breakfast sandwich and I'm running around to some Mexican place with a foul odor just to get food. Yeah, I feel like that. Um, yeah, it's like you get New Year's Day off because you were like up late watching fireworks or drinking. And it's a holiday. I do think it's like an I it's mean, a when holiday. I worked in restaurants, I remember working a lot of New Year's Day. Yeah, but then these people taking like the three days later off just because it's a Monday after the holiday. I'm like, this is this is dumb, guys. Like, let's just go back to work. There's no reason to take three days after New Year's Day off. Yeah. What are we doing? But when I was working uh, in the corporate world, it's like if they had been like, yeah, all right, you get Monday off for New Year's, I'd be like, all right. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody wants a day off. Well, I get it. And I should also state I don't have a job. So it's pretty easy for me to just be annoyed that other <laughs> yeah. service people people who work hard for a living uh you know get a day no, off but i'm with you though it's like you, you have a business and it's like let's get back to it we're wanting to give you yeah. money let's get to work here yeah all right so let's read a couple of emails here uh well first oh no actually let's do this one first because this one's funny to me i read this email last week on the podcast and i don't think that i gave away the guy's name I mean, maybe I did, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. I try hard to not give away anybody's name. Um, 
and I just said, uh, I read his email. After listening to Nate Land for a second time, it was time to find a new podcast, right? And so I said, oh, second time, because as I was reading it, I just was kind of reading those words and it felt like a negative against Nate Land. So I just was trying to not make the comment seem negative about Nate Land. It was really trying to clear it up. But I mean, this guy, <laughs> it was like, apparently what he meant was that he's listened to every episode of Nate Land two times. Okay. So much different than, than what I had. But he, he went out there posting about this, trying to clear this up. And I'm like, I don't even think I said your name. Like, not, you know, it's like, just send the email to me. And he did. And he said, just heard you read my testimony. To clarify, I've listened to the complete Nate Land podcast all the way through twice, LOL. So, you know, in the end, it's fine. But I just felt like... Um, I didn't, if I had said the name, I feel like that it would be like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not listening to just two episodes. I listen to it all. And I appreciate that, that he's listened to all them yeah. that many times. That's very nice. Well, and somebody that is listening to Nate Land twice and all of them, I mean, he is the kind of person that would want to let you know, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm about the biggest fan there is of this podcast. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Well, that's true. But I, as I was reading it, I just, it just. You know, sometimes you read a sentence in a way and it's like, uh, I don't, it does not make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So as I was reading, he was, I was thinking after he said, after listening for a second time, kind of like we do a restaurant. Yeah. I figured it was time for a new one. That's how we do a restaurant. Yeah. Three the way four times. You, The way you read it, and I do remember you reading it, uh, the way you read it last week, it did sound like he was saying... I listened to Nate Land twice, and I had about enough, so I tried to move on to another podcast. Yes. Um, so I don't know what his words were, so I don't know if it's a mistake with the reader, because you've been known to make a mistake reading. Well, I make mistakes reading all the time. Or if it's a mistake writing. And either way, guys, it's okay, because reading's hard, and so's writing. This is what it says. After listening to Nate Land for second time, it was time to find a new podcast. Well, now that I have his explanation in my head, yeah, okay, I hear what he's saying. But the context is everything because you don't just assume someone has listened to an entire catalog of a podcast twice. I would never assume that anyone is listening to any podcast twice like it's, you know, the godfather and they just re-listen to their favorite podcast. I mean... There's so many podcasts. You know, I didn't know that people do that. Now I know. There's so many podcasts that I can't listen to, like like morning radio type stuff. Like when I t like turn on morning radio and they're just like laughing and making jokes. Like it's like joke, 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 joke. I'm like, I can't do it. I'd rather listen to someone read books. But I mean, it's a real testament to Nate Land and, and the work you fellows are doing. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Yeah. But it, it it is just a talking one. I mean, we're making jokes, but it's not like, I mean, like, it's just like some podcasts are like, you know, when I'm watching stand-up or I'm doing stand-up, I want it to be joke, 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 mm -hmm. joke, joke. But when I'm like, you know, this is a long-form thing where we're, you know, trying to set up stories to eventually have jokes in there. I think, I, I think like, for me with podcasts, 
if I, you know, it depends, but I historically for me with podcasts, you just grow to sort of appreciate the personalities. And so you, you, you almost learn like their personalities and their moods. And like, I, I know I've in certain podcasts, I've been like, Oh, he's in a good mood today. Or, Oh, he seems a little fiery. I wonder what's happened. Like you start to like know a podcaster a little bit and, you know, and, and so you're kind of down for the ride, whether it's a quote unquote best episode or more of a boring episode. It's just, you feel sort of closer to the personality that you're already a fan of. Yeah, I like that. You know, and I like podcasts, you know, to just pass the time. You know, there's certain podcasts that I would get into that would talk about the hot topics of what's going on. And I like that, too. You got kind of get caught up on what's going on in the world as they present it to us. Uh, But, you know, if you listen to too many of them, it's like whenever the hot topic comes out, every one of those are talking about the same hot topic. It's like listening to sports radio. It's like you, you they got their few things for the day, and then when one show ends and the next one begins, the next one's ready to talk about those same subjects. Yeah, and I know so, I've started to feel like this, especially like after the pandemic when I had been consuming a lot of media. You just start to notice that, you know, podcasts and alternative media – uh, which has become basically mainstream, you know, it's, you realize they're also just recycling the same outrage issues. And, you know, the left is fighting against the right about the same things and this and that. And and you just, I don't know, I just started to think, geez, I'm just, I'm just hearing the same issues and opinions and frustrations just over and over again. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so silly. It's just so like exhausting to just pretend like, like, like this is new to me. Yeah. Well, all right. So we got some post office response. Oh, okay. We got a lot of people responding and I appreciate it. This is really great. I want, I do want to say, because a lot of people have have messaged me. uh, I do need someone that is in the Nashville area, you know, um, so, and I do have some people there that I got I got to get in touch with. I mean, it's like all of this stuff requires organizing and talking and it, everything seems too much for me uh, with the, shipping. The, the response has been really great. The response has been really great, but I never set out to be a, a online t-shirt salesman. And so now I'm like found myself in this spot where I'm like, I still want to sell the shirts. But I want to figure out how to keep costs low and how to just make it as smooth and easy as possible. So I'm working on some things. Some people have reached out. I appreciate you guys. And also um, the merch company that I've been dealing with has also reached out to me and said they're they're still trying to work something out for me. So I'm hoping that that's the easiest one because they print up all my stuff and it's already there. So if they can just do that, that'd be real great. And we're going we're gonna to make a decision one way or the other. But for now... We're just going to be making trips to the post office. Yeah, I'll make one tomorrow. All right, so here's a couple of uh, emails here, just some fun ones. Uh, Hey, Dusty, I recently saw you in Corvallis, Oregon at the Majestic Theater. You were awesome. My husband, Dave, and I were laughing so hard the entire time. We were definitely having a good time. We were driving around today and happened to be looking <clears throat> at Joe Exotic's Instagram. Oh, they like to drive around and look at Instagram too. I'm into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. He posts a lot and I started thinking, what if Dusty 
interviewed Joe Exotic for his podcast. Dusty, just imagine, he's trying to run for president. It could get really interesting. I have heard that, Joe Exotic's trying to run for president. Why do they want you to interview him? Uh, I think they're just saying that that would be fun to for me and Joe Exotic to talk to each other. Do they think y'all look alike? Uh, I don't. They've not said that in this email, but people have said that before. These Tiger King fans, though, I mean, people just. Well, I think I think it does sound fun what they're talking okay. about. Right. Um, but I, it's probably not going to happen, though. I don't have any contact. Well, you're going to have to watch Tiger King first of all. Yeah, people were saying I looked like him in some things. Um, this guy sent me an email. Uh, he's a comic, and he was. Uh, uh, he said, th- "He said I-, I wanted to say thank you to you and the other Nate Land boys. Uh, I'm a clean comedian, and there aren't many clean comedians in the circles I'm in in this area where he lives. Um, so um, somebody said he was working with somebody. One of the comedians he was talking to at a green room at a show told him to listen to Nate Land. So on my 14-hour drive home, I binge listened to your podcast. I don't know if it's this one or Nate Land. Um, and he says, it, it was encouraging to me in so many ways. It lit a fire under me, honestly. Basically, he's saying that he's a clean comedian and he's like the only one around. Everybody else is dirty and he's been feeling a little beat down uh, because, you know, he, he'll be on showcases where uh, everyone's super dirty and he just gets thrown right in the mix. And it's like, you know, and I don't think he's even really asking for advice, but that is all part of it. I mean, it really is part of it. And, and it can be hard depending on the show and depending on the, um, um, you know, whatever's going on. It's like, but the key is to always do what you do like you know try to be original but no matter what kind of situation you're thrown in try to react to it if need be uh but also just do what you do don't try to match someone else's energy i've made that mistake a lot and i feel like a lot of people make that mistake when they're they're on a showcase and everybody else is like high energy or really dirty you come out and you want to come out hot too even if you're like a low-paced guy I just think it's all about working on originality, not calling yourself clean. I mean, I think when you reach a certain level or if that's just the lane you want to go down, you can call yourself clean. I've never liked calling myself a clean comedian. I just liked, you know, kind of being clean. I mean, I still talk about adult topics, but I like kind of being clean, but not branding myself that way, you know, Uh, because I feel like it puts you in a box and I'm like, I don't want to be a Christian comedian either, right? I'm a comedian that's a Christian. I'm a comedian that's clean. I'm not a clean comic. I'm not a Christian comedian, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I love that. You know, I'm just trying to be, I'm just a, you know, a person out here. And those are part of me. You know, I'm, I'm relatively clean and I'm Christian. But, um, you know, those are, I don't want to be labeled that as a, as a comic. Um, so I don't think he was asking for advice, but I do appreciate uh, the email. Um, so, um, a lot of the other email, I did get a lot of emails, um, 
last year, here's one. Last year, my brother introduced me to your podcast after he had listened to a couple of episodes and told me that he wasn't sure what to think about this Dusty Slay guy. I think I felt the same way after I listened to it a couple of times as well. But since then, I haven't missed an episode and really enjoy your podcast and the Nate Land podcast. I was very excited when I found out you were coming to do a show in Corning, which is about two hours away from where I live. My brother and I, with our wives, were able to attend the show and had a great time. I love your comedy and really appreciate the fact that you don't Oh, fact that you stuck around after and took pictures with everyone and did not seem to be in a hurry to get out of there. Thanks again for coming out to Northern California, and I look forward to seeing you, seeing your show uh, again in the future. So just some nice emails. Yeah, those are nice. Very nice. I appreciate it. Uh, It's all fun. I had such a good time at that show. And I wasn't sure what to expect. I've never really been to Northern California. So whenever I travel, and then I'm doing a casino, it's like I've had a lot of bad experiences at casinos over the years. But this was all really great. It was a great weekend. Had a lot of fun. And uh, so. I'm so glad you made it home. Yeah, I mean, the trip there was wild. Mm -hmm. The trip home, I actually found a direct flight southwest. So it was very easy. Yeah. But it was, anytime you got to fly and then drive, because mm-hmm. it's so far away from the airport, it's like, that's brutal. I couldn't sleep until you got home to that hotel. Well, thank you. I couldn't really sleep. I was in a delirious, delirious sleep. Well, good thing you were on CBD, as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is that is. Well. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys listening. um, And we're having a good time.